Thank you for joining us for the Life Point Podcast. We believe what you're about to listen to will help you experience life change. So let's jump into this week's message. Well, once again, good morning. Are you guys ready to go this morning? Well, um, got some good stuff here as we're starting to wrap up a series. Thank you, sir. And I wanted to uh, remind you all, last month, we, we did a series last month, and in that series, I gave you guys what I called the Life Change Challenge. Y'all remember that? And so I'm going to pop that up on the screen here just to remind you that it, w- it wasn't just something we did for one series, but I, I challenged everybody, especially if you're new, just come more and more frequently on a Sunday. And the trend in the church world is not to be real faithful right now, but uh, we need to break those trends, amen? Um, thank God we have live stream and, and things like that, but how many know it's not the same as being in the house if you can be in the house? And so I uh, challenge you to come more frequently. And then I said the next challenge is to move from coming frequently to just getting involved uh, more and more consistently. At some point, make a move from just being here on Sunday to plugging yourself into some of the opportunities that we have during the midweek. And, and I want to thank you because I feel like everybody really accepted that challenge the last couple of months. All of our men's meetings, our bliss event this uh, past weekend, uh, our two new ministries that we started, Ageless and, and Lifestyle, all of those have been like packed out. And so we, we appreciate you doing that. Um, then we said there comes a time that we move into just being uh, really generous with our contribution. And that's not just offerings. That's, that's also serving on a team. And we had several of you get plugged in on a, on a team and just want to let you know if we haven't got you started in a spot yet, we, we're working on it. We've had some transition there, so we're, 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 we will be responding to you. And then we said we need to compel purposefully. And what that means is let's just be purposefully about inviting people to what God's doing here. Um, invite, them, invite them out of the world and the chaos that's around them into God's house. It's, it's the safest and best place to be right now. Amen? And so uh, uh, we've had some yard signs and some invitation cards out in the foyer, and we'll keep those out there again this Sunday. And just take one or two. They're all free. Take them, put them in your yard, invite some people to church with those cards. And so thank you, guys. Uh, I have a good friend. Some of you have met him, Steve Munns. And he said this, that without a challenge, there would never be a champion. And so thank you guys for being champions of the challenge, and, and, um, and, and we'll keep pop- popping this up from time to time. But thank you guys for responding so well. And then I wanted to put a, a, another slide up here real quick before I go. This is what's going on in November. You might want to take a, a picture of that or, or a mental picture just so you know what all is happening, even though we announce these things. This Wednesday is our first Wednesday. And if you've never been to first Wednesday, I'd like to invite you out. We, we have a little bit of... Uh, uh, less informal time of, of worship, a little extended time. We're going to pray over needs this week. If you've got something going on in your life, just come out. We're going to pray over you. i got a real quick thing I want to say at the end, and then we always end with some awesome connection time. So we have wings and nachos. Can't beat that, right? So we're going to go from worship to the word to ministry. So end it with some wings and some nachos. And you see there uh, some different groups we have going on this month. And we do have water baptism coming up the 19th. You can get signed up for that. And so if you want to take a note of that, don't miss those things. God's doing some good things outside of Sundays. Amen. Amen. Well, uh, a few years ago when Pastor Diane and I agreed to move back to West Virginia and take the lead pastor position here at the church. It wasn't LifePoint at the time, but the, uh, uh, the, the pastor that asked us to take his position was a good guy, but, but when we agreed to take it, he, he began to explain to me how 
hard it is to minister in West Virginia, and particularly how hard it was to minister in this church. And so um, that wasn't real <laughs> encouraging. But he began to explain something that stood out to me and Diane. And he, he said this. He said, you can never have excellence in West Virginia. And he said, you can never have excellence here with these people at this church. And I, I took um, particular exception to that. And uh, we decided, because we believe that if we begin to teach on excellence, then you could put your faith to it. Because how many know if you get revelation on something and you put your faith to it, not just belief, but your actions, it will manifest. Y'all believe that? You got to have revelation on it. If you get revelation on it, then you can, you can begin to put your faith, not just in your thoughts, but your words and your actions, and it will manifest because it's the word. So we begin to teach on a spirit of excellence, and I will tell you, guess what happened? Every guest, uh, guest minister we have that's been through here says the first thing they notice is a spirit of so it doesn't matter where you're at. It doesn't matter where you've been. The principles of God always work. Someone say, yeah. yeah. They work. So no matter uh, where you've come from, what you've been through, what has or hasn't happened, whatever's going on, whatever limitations, mistakes, wherever you've been, I mean, you get some revelation on it. Revelation changes everything. Everything's subject to change. And you can have what God says you can have, and you can do what God says you can do. We ought to stop right here and make a confession. Here we go. I declare. I have a spirit of faith. I am who God says I am. I can have what God says I can have. And I can do what God says I can do. So I declare. I have a spirit of faith, spirit of power, spirit of love and self-control. And I have no room for a spirit of fear. Amen. Now, let me summarize what I just said in this one statement. You, you, can, you can grunt, say amen, say ooh-hoo, whatever, if you agree with this statement. Um, people see what you believe by how you behave. People will see what you believe by, by how you behave. And so excellence is a part of that. People know we have a, a God of excellence. Amen? Amen. Amen. So let me, let me read to you the verse God gave me when we first came uh, to take the leadership position of this church. And I got, uh, God told me to preach on it every year. And so we're preaching on it uh, in this series. And we'll wrap this series up next Sunday. And then we'll move on to a new series called The Grip of Grace. We're going to find out what keeps you in the grip of grace. Anyone glad for the grip of grace? All right. Well, we got to get this series finished first. Here we go. Now, in Haran, the Lord said to Abram, go for yourself and for your own advantage. Get away from your country and your relatives and your father's house to land I'm going to show you. Now, God spoke to Abram, who at this time was a nomadic pagan without uh, roots, without an heir to his family without a son. And God told him, if you'll come up out of that identity and follow me and obey me, then something amazing is going to happen. And he tells us what happens in verse 2. He says, I'll make of you a great nation. I will bless you with abundant increase of favors. I'll make your name famous and distinguished, and you will be a blessing or a dispenser of good to others. 
So what God was saying to Abraham was you've been in, Haran actually means the parched place, which could be the average zone, which could be the place of lack. And what God was saying to Abraham is if you'll leave your stressed place, I'll bring you into your best place or into your blessed place. And I want you to know the same thing in your life. God wants to take you from your stressed place to your blessed place. From your place of average to your place of plenty. From your place of lack to your place of overflow. From a rough place to the blessed place. Now, I'm not preaching, no, you won't ever have any problems and life will be perfect. But what I am saying, no matter what in your life, you'll have the perfect blessing. And so this is the scripture that we have been looking at. The series we are calling Be Blessed. And when the Bible says that God said, I will bless them. The word blessing in the Hebrew is the word barak, and it literally means this. It's a powerful declaration that empowers us to prosper and be successful. So when you sneeze, we say, God bless you. But when God says, I will bless you, it's a little more deeper. It's a little more important than that. And so what it is, it's a statement by God that if God blesses something, it will prosper, it will be successful. And so God's saying to Abram, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to speak my blessing, and your life's going to be blessed. And so God told me to speak this over to you every year. He told me to preach on this every year for, for our crowd. Now, check this out. The blessing also means this. This is awesome, right? Y'all ready for this? To become without want, without need, or without worry. Hello. That'd be a good spot to be in, to be without want, to be without need, and to be without worry to have a, have a liberal supply. Now, a lot of people will say this, that he's talking about a spiritual supply. And it does mean a spiritual supply, but it also means an emotional supply, and it absolutely, absolutely means a material supply. So it's not just about money, but you can't disconnect money and blessings from it because God wants you to be blessed in every way. Your health, your wealth, your relationships, it just wants you, how many want to have the hand of God's blessing on every area of my life? So you could have a lot of money, but the rest of your life be broken down. That's not what God's talking about. He wants all of your life to have the hand of God on it. And this is what God says, I will barack you. I will bless you. Everyone see, I'm too blessed to stay stressed. So we looked at the scripture and we said that the blessing does a few things. And the first thing that the blessing does is the blessing will prosper you. Someone say amen. The blessing will prosper you. And one way that we walk in the blessing is that we have to be faithful in the area of our tithes, our offerings, and our generosity. That's how we're responsible for the blessing. What you do with the blessing determines what the blessing does with you. Amen. Amen. I'm trying to stir you up this morning. God's talking to you about you. God wants you to be blessed. So that's what the scripture says. I didn't write this, that, God, that the blessing, when we walk in the blessing of God, it will actually prosper you. The Hebrew word is it will move you forward. How many would, could handle God moving you forward in life? That's really what that word means. Then last weekend, we, we looked at the fact that not only does the blessing prosper you, but the blessing prefers you. And we learned this, that if we will walk in honor, live our lives in honor, it will attract the favor of God or God's preference to our life. Now, that doesn't mean that God puts one person down to prefer you, but what it does mean, God can prefer them, you, and them. It does mean the favor of God will prefer you. You do not live by luck or fate. You live by the favor of God. Yeah. <clears throat> <clears throat> 
So this is week three, and how many want to know what the next thing the blessing will do? It's all in these two verses. So it will, it will prosper you. It will prefer you. Can we just have some fun this morning? Just teach this out. And here's the other thing that the, that the blessing of God will do. It will promote you. The blessing of God will promote you. Uh, the word promote means it will raise you to a higher rank. Y'all got that? The blessing will promote you. We got to be all right with these things, that God will prosper us, God will prefer us, and that God would, would promote us. So I've been digging into that for you this week. You say, well, where did you get that from? Well, we just read the verse, and it says this, that God will make your name famous and distinguished. Now, he's not talking about making you a celebrity, but he says, I will make you famous, I will make you distinguished. Well, as I meditated on that, I'm like, we need to figure out what distinguished means. Because God took Abram and distinguished his life. We read later on in, in Hebrews that he's the father of our faith. And so I looked up the word distinguish, and it means this, to mark your life by distinction and excellence. God wants to mark your life and my life by his blessing with distinction and with excellence. It literally means that it would stand out. Everybody say this. God wants my life to stand out. I want you to think about what God did in the life of Abram. So there's this man, Abram. He's nomadic. He has a pagan background. And God shows up and he says, if you'll leave that and obey me, I'm going to, I'm going to empower you to prosper to be preferred, and I'm going to promote your life. But God said, I've got to do something. I've got to change your name. So God took his name Abram. Now, I'm just going to make this as simple as I can. He put an H in Abram and turned his name from Abram to Abraham or Abraham. H was actually the letter for God. So what God did was he actually stuck his letter in Abram's name. The fifth letter of their alphabet, and we know the number five is the number of grace. So what God did was God breathed grace into Abram's life, turned Abram into Abraham. So what the same thing God wants to do to you is breathe his grace into your life and change your identity. He did the same thing for his wife Sarai and changed her name to Sarah. He put his letter in her name, put grace on it, breathed life into it, and took them from being uh, uh, two nomadic people and turned them into Abraham now means the father of many, and, and Sarah means the princess of many. And he took them of no heir and said, I will make you the father and mother of many. You know what? God can do that with your name. No matter who you were, you might have been. Maybe your name was bum. Maybe your name was sinful. Maybe your name was addict. Maybe your name was uh, bitter. And he can take that, breathe his grace on it, and change your roots, change your DNA. Alter your destiny and, and, and bring distinction to your life. God specializes in that. God wants to do that. And no matter who says what, it doesn't matter if you're from West Virginia or some other country. That's what God can do. He did that for Abraham. That's the same blessing that God wants to breathe onto your life and in, in, into your life. Someone say, that sounds good. So what happens when God puts his letter on your life, alters your name, changes your identity, what happens when God begins to promote you? I got a slide. 
Here's what happens when God does that in your life. This is what happens. I'm going to explain these. The first thing that happens is God begins to strengthen you. Now, now look, he's bringing distinction to your life. God's going to strengthen your life. We, we looked at Abraham, who was a nomadic pagan, and God strengthened his days. Here's what I mean by that. God wants to energize your days. He wants to invigorate your days. He actually, according to scripture, wants to multiply your days. So he wants to extend your days, but he wants to extend them full of his energy. He wants to invigorate your days. You say, with what? With things like this, purpose, passion, things like provision, things like protection, and his power. That's what God wants to do is take little old you from little old wherever you're from with your little old life and put his distinction on it. And when that happens, the strength of God comes into your life. Abraham didn't have strength for a son. He was older. They were pushing 100 years old. How many, how many know this, that when you're, when you're up like 100, probably when you're up like 40s, I mean, you're, you're done with kids. And God says, guess what we're going to do? You're going to have a son, an heir. A blessing. And they were past that age. But how many know you may be past some stuff, but when God's strength comes, or God invigorates you, or God energizes you, or God multiplies your situation, he'll strengthen your days. He'll also do this. He'll satisfy you, or he will satisfy your days. Now, now maybe you're getting a little older, and you're wondering, how much longer am I going to be here? I'm going to tell you how much longer you're going to be here. You want to know? The Bible says, until you're satisfied. It's actually worded this way. Um, you'll make it till you're satisfied. If you're satisfied, beam me up, Scotty, right? If, if you're like, no, I've got some more things to do, then it's not your moment. But he, he says, not only will I strengthen your days, I will satisfy your days. That means he will bring profound enjoyment. He will bring profound pleasure into your days. I mean, that's good. Yeah, someone said I'll take it. It means this, that his blessing will make your life content. It'll make your life content. Actually, in the New Testament, it says it this way. He will do above and beyond what you ask, think, or imagine. That's what the blessing of God will do in your life. It will strengthen your life. It will bring satisfaction into your life. So if he's going to add days, I mean, no, you want him satisfied. Right? And then the last thing he says is, I want to make your days significant, which literally means he wants to make your days prosperous and successful. But it doesn't stop there because if all you're after is prosperity and success, that's not what God intended. He intended to make your days significant. The reason he wants to prosper you, the reason why God would want to bring you forward is not just for you, although he's all about that. It's also for you to be so blessed that you're a blessing to other people. So there's something greater than success. It's called significant. If someone looked at you at the end of your life and, say it, and says they were successful, well, that's a good statement, but you can't take that with you. But if they say you were not only successful, but your life was significant, I mean, that's a legacy. That, that, that carries over. That lingers past that moment. So when our lives are attached to the blessing of God, we not only have a good name or a reputation, but our lives have significant influence. Significant influence. 
So when God says, I'll make you famous and distinguished, what he was saying was, I'll give you a good reputation. How many know that you can have a bunch of stuff, but if you don't have a good name? I mean, a good name means everything. Good reputation, good name, character, legacy, well thought of. And so when the blessing gets attached to your life, I want you to hear this. No matter what it is that you do in life, there's kingdom connection to it. It's for, for significant. If you are a teacher right now in our school system, you need to connect that to the kingdom. Because you're there to have a significant part in the lives. And man, if you ever need to be a good teacher in a bad situation right now, we need you. If you're a business leader, a business owner, it's attached to the kingdom. You're not just there to make profit. You're there to have significance for the kingdom. If you're in the medical field, you're not there just to help people medically. You're there to have a significant, it's connected to the kingdom. If, if, no matter what role that it is, if you're a mom or a dad or a grandpa or a grandmother, it, it's connected to the kingdom. God blesses you to have significance. If the rest of the world has no excellence attached to it, don't follow the trend. Alter the culture. Be a trendsetter. Everything we do, mom, dad, grandfather, whatever our roles are, whatever our occupation is, if you are a stay-at-home mom, it's connected to the kingdom, it's connected to significance. And God said, I'll bless that with my blessing. Y'all with me so far? Let's read some more scripture. Can you handle that? So this is Galatians. This is the famous verse out of the New Testament about the blessing of God. And it says this, that Christ purchased our freedom or he redeemed us from what the curse the curse is the reverse of the blessing it means to be without it means to be in lack and so the bible said that jesus freed us from that and all of its condemnation look what it says he became a curse for us for it's written in scriptures cursed is everyone who hangs on the tree or is crucified to the end that through their receiving Christ Jesus, the blessing that was promised to Abraham that we just read about would come on the Gentiles so that we through faith would all receive the realization of the promise of the Holy Spirit. Verse 29, if we jump down, says, and if you belong to Christ, anybody? Any believers? Christ followers? Christians? Saved? Redeemed? Then look at this verse. If that's you, if you belong to Christ, you are in him who is the seed of Abraham. And you're the offspring of Abraham, and you're a spiritual heir according to the promise. So what we read about Abraham, if you are in Christ, he's the seed of Abraham, and you are in him, so that makes you the target of the blessing of Abraham. Jesus was the seed of Abraham, you're in Christ. So we could say it this way, this ought to make you shout. Uh, what this scripture means is God will treat you the same way he treats Jesus. So you're the heir of God prospering. You're the heir of God preferring. And you're the heir of God promoting. Somebody say, that's good right there. Amen. Amen. So you need to watch what you say about yourself. Because if you're thinking and saying what God didn't say, you're, you're, in, you're in opposition to the will of God. 
You can say what you're not and what you haven't been. You just need to keep saying, I'm the blessed of the Lord. I am the blessed. Not arrogantly, just you got to know who you are. You might, maybe you were a bum. You might be right about that. Maybe you, you were an addict. Maybe you were right about that. Maybe you were trouble. Maybe you were a liar. Maybe you were a thief. But the redeemed of the Lord doesn't say who they were. It says who they so be or who they are. And you're the blessed of the Lord. Well, you don't deserve it. Not, none of us do. But because we're in Christ Jesus, he's the seed of Abraham. Amen? So we receive the blessing. So each week, I've told you there's a little bit of formula to that. Not just because God wants it, doesn't make it manifest. There, there are some, there's a place we need to put ourselves to walk out the blessing of God or to walk out the will of God for our lives. And it's real simple. Three things. Are you ready? I've been preaching on them all month. So to live in God's blessing of prosperity and God's blessing of preference and God's blessing of promotion, um, there's just a few little requirements. Absolutely, you can do them, I don't want to say with ease, but you can do them by faith. Here's the first one, you have to be right. How do I walk in the blessing of God? Well, you have to be right. Let me tell you what I mean when I say be right. Well, first of all, you got to be saved. You got to be right. You got to be in relationship with God. Um, you got to have taken a moment in your life where you say, Lord Jesus, become the Lord of my life. You say, well, I believe in God. I didn't ask if you believed in God. I asked if he was your Lord and Savior. Those are two different things. The devil believes in God. A lot of people believe in God. It's all over Facebook. OMG. <laughs> Doesn't mean he's their Lord. Amen. Come on, somebody. You got to be right. Be I mean, what the Bible says is this, is that you used to be, you know why you sinned? Because you wanted to. You were born that that was in your nature. And you came to a place where you knew you needed saved, which meant you needed someone who needed to, you, you needed someone who could save you, who could rescue you. And we just read that Jesus went to the cross to break the curse. The curse was this, three things that were in the curse. Are you ready? Sickness, poverty, and separation from God. So when Jesus went to the cross, he broke the curse. That's why he's our provider, he's our healer, and he brought you back into relationship with God. And the Bible says this, although you used to be full of sin, and you were a professional sinner, and that's what you did, what, what Jesus did when you accepted him is he took his redeeming power, and the Bible says that his blood covered all of your sins. So if you're saved, when God looks at you, he sees the blood of Jesus that ran down the cross. He's not obsessed with your sin. He can't see it. He can't see past the blood of Jesus. And the Bible says you're now justified, which means just as if you did not sin before. And he says that he gave you his righteousness, not yours. The Bible says your righteousness is mine. It's, it's no good. It's like filthy rags. But his righteousness covered. You have his. You're not going to be more righteous than you are right now because you are righteous in him. The Bible actually says you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So being right literally means you're saved. But it also means something else, that we become obedient. That we become obedient. Now, I'm not talking about that you just err from time to time, because that will happen. But what it does mean that we need to walk in obedience to God. You can't walk in rebellion and walk in the blessing of God. So what it means is we, we need to get right with God and be saved and, and just follow him in obedience. Can I read you a verse 
Before I read this verse, let me, let me say this to you that, you know, 1 Peter says the same thing that the Gospels say. I don't have this scripture up here, but 1 Peter 5, 6, it says this, that um, if you humble yourself, God will exalt you. Now, what are we talking about? Promotion. So if you humble yourself, God promotes you. Everybody say humble. Uh, here's all the word humble means. It's a military word, and it means you bring yourself under rank. So literally what it means in Scripture in the New Testament, and you keep bringing yourself under rank of the Word of God, the will of God, and the ways of God, God will promote you. If you, well, this is my opinion, that doesn't promote you. Humble yourself. It's called submission. Every day. I was telling, I think, our equip class the other night that, you know, it's a challenging thing because we learn a lot of stuff growing up. Our thoughts are formed by things we've gone through. They're formed by things we inherit, information we receive. And we have this just mentality. And then we come to Jesus, and I'm going to tell you what, sometimes we've got to unlearn a bunch of stuff. You may have grown up very religiously, and you need to unlearn some things. So what God is saying in being right means we need to, first of all, we need to be saved, and we just keep bringing our life under the word. It doesn't say he's going to humble you. It says humble yourself, and he will what? Promote you. It works backwards than the world. And it's a daily thing that we bring ourselves under the word, under the word. You may feel like uh, you're, you're worthless and you're a mess up, but God says you're the head, not the tail. You, you just need to, you need to humble yourself. If he says you're redeemed, guess what? You're redeemed. If he says you can, guess what? You can. If he says you're blessed, but you feel stressed, I'm going to bring myself on the word says I'm blessed. Are y'all getting this? This will change your, this will change your world. This will change everything. You're blessed. Just bring yourself under that. Now, now I'm going to read you a scripture. This is a few verses, but I want you to get this. If something hits you as I read this, I want you to say, mmm, mmm, mmm. Here we go. Um, Deuteronomy 28, old school, Old Testament, but here we go. If you listen obediently to the voice of God, your God, and you heartily obey all of his commandments that I command you today, God, your God, will place you on high, hello, promotion, high above the nations. And all the blessings will come down on you and spread out beyond you because you've responded to the voice of God, your God. God's blessings inside you have responded to, um, wait a minute, I think I skipped a line there. God's blessings will come down on you and spread out beyond you because you have responded to the voice of God, your God. God's blessings inside, I did it again. God's blessings, here we go, okay. God's blessings inside the city, God's blessings in the country, God's blessings on your children, the crops of your land, the young of your livestock, the calves of your herd, the lambs of your flock, God's blessings on your basket and your bread bowl. He'll, 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 he can bless you in an urban setting. He can bless you in a holler is what it's saying. God will bless you when you come. And he'll bless you when you want. Go. How many know that, that covers it? God will defeat your enemies who attack you. They'll come at you on one road and run away on seven roads. God will order a blessing on your barns in your workplace. He'll bless you in the land that God, your God, is giving you. God will form you as a people holy to him just as he promised you. If you keep these commandments of God, uh, your God, and, the, and, and live the way he has shown you, all the people on earth will see you living under the name of God, and they will hold you in respect and awe. <sighs> That's a lot of verses. What it's saying is this, is God will bless your name. He will bless you with legacy. He will promote you. 
So we got, we got to be right with him and do our best to walk in obedience. And that blessing comes on us. When we come, when we go, where we're at, you'll be blessed. Amen? So we, we, we got to be right. Now, that, the second part of that formula is not only putting ourselves in, in a right relationship with God, is in we, we've got to believe. Everyone say believe. Um, now, the key to the blessing working in your life is not origin. We know originally God was speaking to Abraham, and, 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 and we read the verse in Deuteronomy that was to the Israelites of that time. But now we see as we come into the New Testament, that same blessing that was by origin, if you're Jewish, now came via faith to those of us who are Gentiles. We, we don't have a, a large Jewish population here in, in our area, but these promises don't come because you're Jewish to you. They come on you and I, even though we're Gentiles, the Bible says by faith. You didn't have to be born into it, you believe into it. Can, can I prove it to you? Hebrews says this, by faith, Abraham, when he was called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, he obeyed and he went, and even though he didn't know where he was going, but by faith, he received it. What that scripture says, you, you may not know how or exactly when. Your job's not to know how or when or even why. Your job's to what? Believe. How's it going to happen? When's it going to happen? Why is it going to happen? That's not your responsibility. Your responsibility is to do what? Keep believing. Don't stop believing. Keep believing. Keep believing. By faith, Abraham walked into all of that. By faith, you walk into all of this. Okay, you don't believe that? Let me give you another verse. Jump down to verse 11, and it says, And by faith, even Sarah. I don't know why it worded it that way, but it says, By faith, Abraham, and even Sarah who was way past age of childbearing, was enabled to bear children because she considered him faithful who made the promise. We sang about it earlier. Your job is to keep what? Considering him faithful. You know, absolutely all that faith is is coming to a place of trusting God. That's what faith is. It's completely coming to a place where we're trusting God. And verse 12 says, And so from that one man... And he as good as dead in his body came all the descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and countless as the sand on the seashore. So the blessing of God, promoting you, preferring you, prospering you, uh, the word blessing means God speaks it to empower you, to prosper. How do you really receive that? I get in right relationship with God. I do my best to walk in obedience. I receive it by faith. Every good thing that God has made available to you and me is done by the grace of God. It's unmerited, it's unearned, it's, it's undeserved, but it is all received by what? Faith. And faith comes by what? Continuing to hear and hear and hear. You need to keep hearing about the blessing. You need to keep hearing about the goodness of God. That's why I preach on it all the time. Because what does that do? It changes your mindset. We need to let, we need to let God form in us this, this um, blessing mindset um, this promotion mindset, because we used to have a lack mindset. We used to have a woe is me mindset. We used to have a poverty mindset. We used to have a, a, a broken sick mindset. You got to let God change that. That's what Abraham did. He had to get his thinking changed before the rest of him changed. Just because God said, I want you to be the father of many, didn't mean it just happened. He had to get over into faith. And we see by Hebrews, the Bible said, the only way that it happened and from the time that God spoke to Abraham till he had that son was something like 25 to 30 years. So it doesn't happen overnight, but you got to keep believing. 
Keep believing. You got to keep hearing to keep what? Believing. You got to keep saying. You got to keep, come on, are you hearing me? That's a spirit of faith. Got to, just because it doesn't happen. Well, I tried it. You can't try it. You got to live by it. It's what the Bible says. You walk by faith, not try it by faith. Then it goes on somewhere else. says you live by faith. You don't try it by faith. You walk and you live. That's all God's asking from us. Amen. Someone say, I can do that. So the blessing, it will, it will elevate you. It will promote you. And there's a formula to it. Be right, believe. Here's the last part of the formula. And be a blessing. Be a blessing. I think those three things you can do. If you can do those three things, guess what? You can walk in the blessing of God. If Abraham can do it, I, I'm pretty sure you can do it. So be a blessing. Do you know that one thing, though, that we have to, we don't teach a lot about this, but we have to be responsible for that blessing, to steward that blessing. We have to be um, managers of that blessing. I think I said a moment ago, but what you do with the blessing depends on what the blessing does. You can't just live however, do whatever, and quote the blessing. And once again, I'm not talking about you, you and I being perfect. That's not going to happen until we step into heaven. But setting our heart in a certain way to the things of God, our mind to the things of God. Now, remember when I started talking about the blessing and promotion, I said this, that it really means that God wants to distinguish your life. And that word distinguish means he wants to put a distinct mark on it. And one of the distinct marks is a word I used early on, and that was the word excellence. Now, last week, or in week one, I said this. This is how we work the blessing where God prospers us. We become generous. We become tithers. We become those who give an offerings. Last week, I said, here's, here's how, here's how we're, we're responsible with the blessing that we honor. And when we honor, it's like a magnet for the favor of God. And I want to tell you how, how promotion works in our life. You ready for this? Um, Excellence is a magnet for promotion. Let me read you a scripture, then I'll explain it, and we'll wrap this up. This is in Daniel. Talking about Daniel. It says, it pleased King Darius, the successor to Belshazzar, to set over all the kingdom 120 satraps who should be in charge throughout all of the kingdom. And then over them, there were three presidents. Daniel was one of those that these satraps might give account to those presidents and that the king should have no loss or damage in his kingdom. So these were high-ranking, high-profile, very essential and important positions. But look at verse 3. And this Daniel, who was elevated above all of them, look what it says. He was distinguished above all the other presidents and all the other satraps because he had a mediocre average spirit. He had a barely get by spirit. No, he had a spirit of what? Excellence. So the king put him over the whole realm. So when I, when I use words like excellence, I, I just got to say it, it's not real prevalent right now in our culture. I have to watch myself um, when I go to the store. I spent a whole evening at three stores I had to watch myself. Did I say that? Because um, nobody knew and nobody cared. It didn't used to be like that. 
we get it. And that, that's the world's culture. There's not an excellent spirit in the world. But do not let, you and I, do not let that spirit creep into the church. And don't let that spirit creep into your spirit. Let the world act like that. You serve a king of excellence. You serve a God of excellence. We got to conduct ourselves. Remember I said earlier that they will see what you believe by the way that you behave? An excellent spirit. Now, you may have never heard anyone preach on that, but you say, what do you mean by excellent spirit? An excellent spirit just means it's, it's an attitude that, that we pursue being the best that we can. We do above and beyond in everything in every way. Excellence from, is from the root word excel, and it just means to be outstanding. I believe when people step foot on this campus, they should notice it's outstanding. I believe when you go to work, doesn't matter what's happening in the other cubicles, when they walk by yours, they better notice it's outstanding. When they walk in your office, it should be better, it's a little outstanding. When they walk in your classroom, there's an outstanding spirit. They walk in your house, there's an excellent spirit. I love that, check out this quote. Miles Monroe said this, excellent people conquer what mediocre people complain about. Excellent people conquer what mediocre people complain about. Now you say, well, you threw this excellent word in there. I didn't see that coming. But to Hebrew people, the highest virtue was excellence. And they knew that if you could obtain or walk in any virtue, this was the one that stood out above all of them. So I, I want to challenge you. You can quote, you can shout, you can get your hanky and wave about the blessing, but you really want to see God promote you. Do your life, conduct your life in a way of excellence. Doesn't matter if it's not around you, it's got to be in you. It's got to be in you. And it's a, it's a magnet for the promotion of God. It's what Abram did. He left the parched place, the average place. He said, I'm going into the success zone. I'm going, in, I'm going into the next level. And he knew he served a God of excellence. He, how many know we don't serve a sloppy God? We don't serve an average God. We need to align our lives. Come on. Our classrooms, our homes, our businesses, the way we serve here, the way we do things in church. That's why we did a lot to the property, because it, it needed a do-over, and we want a spirit of excellence here. That's not, not physical. That's spiritual. It's relational. But if there's a spirit of excellence... What's God do? He pronounces the blessing. He'll promote. He'll promote. That means he'll just elevate your life. He'll elevate your marriage. He'll elevate your, your profit. He'll elevate your relationships. He'll elevate your situation. God's real good at elevating. He says, I'll take you from one glory to the next to the next. We could have read on in some scriptures there, and we would have found out that God says some things about you. You're the head, not the tail. You're not promoted at the tail, right? You're promoted at the head. You're, you're not below. You're what? Above. That's what God will do with your life. And he, he, he will promote you in such a way, and I want to make sure I said this, that, that he promotes you, and here's what happens. It creates credibility, it increases influence, and it protects reputation. What, what is that? That's significant. God is not about you just being significant, just so you have a good name. That's a byproduct of you lifting up his name. 
We got some good stuff out of that. I love teaching on the blessing. I love teaching on excellence. And, but here's what I like to do as we close this out. I like us to stand to our feet. And, and I've been asking this same thing out of everybody at the closing each week. Is that, that we just say, Holy Spirit, what are you speaking to me today? I, I'm a firm believer that after you preach something, that there's some way you have to respond to it. And so I don't want to just preach this this morning, give you a high five, say see you next week. Uh, before you walk out of here, God, what are you saying to my heart? Maybe this is the first time you've ever heard anybody preach on the blessing of God, and you've been living your life trying to earn God's favor, and, and you realize this, by grace, you're in God's favor. You might be living under where God has wanted you to live, and you're realizing God wants me to be the head, not the tail, above and not beneath. And you hear this, that God, blessing on your life, God says, if you just leave, that parched place. This morning, you might just need to leave some religion. You might need to leave some pride. You might need to leave, leave that area and just walk toward the things of God. And God said, as you do it, watch what I do to your life. I will prosper your life. I will promote your life. I will prefer your life. But I'll make it significant. I'm not just putting your name up in lights. I, I, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to put my, my blessing. And your life will be significant. How many want a significant life? Success, right, that's just the byproduct. But maybe the day you need to say, you know what, God, I, I, I repent. Or God, I didn't know this. God, I want my life to be significant. As we worship, as we sing this song, just, just let God talk to you. If you need to repent, if you just need to align yourself, you might just need to say, you know what, I don't know if I need to repent or something. I need to say amen to it. Amen, amen, amen. What you're doing is you're just putting your amen for whatever God said yes to. God said, I'm blessed. Well, amen. You've been calling yourself something else all these years. Maybe you just need to change today and say, I'm just going to put amen to everything he said this morning. Isn't God good? Thank you for listening to the LifePoint Podcast. We want to encourage you to subscribe and follow so you don't miss a message. For more information, you can visit lpcwv.com.